Well, let's continue what we were discussing last week and continuing to look at Pentecost. And today we're going to look at specifically choices that we make in a very famous study here about John Edwards and Max Juke. Just a reminder, Pentecost, the word penta, 50, it's 50 days after Passover, very closely tied in to what we see in the life of Moses. You know, they left Egypt on Passover. The angel of death passed over their houses when they took the blood of the lamb. And then 50 days after leaving Egypt, it's a spiritual picture of leaving sin. They arrive at Mount Sinai and Moses receives the scripture. You go to the first century, the New Testament, Jesus dies on Passover. 50 days later is Pentecost. They're celebrating the giving of scripture. And that's when the Holy Spirit is given. And we'll see what that means here in just a moment in the fullness of what Scripture talks about. But again, today is about to be aware of choices. And you can make a decision right here this morning to completely change your life. So let's look at this study. Very famous one going back to the 1800s. They were looking at people in prison and noticed a lot of people were related. So they started to consider legacy. And there was a particular man who was fascinated with Jonathan Edwards, was writing a history of his life. Jonathan Edwards, president of Princeton, a theologian, a preacher, a key person God used in the Great Awakening that brought revival to the colonies. This man combined his study with Edwards with looking at prisons. And there was a particular family he compared the Duke family with Jonathan Edwards' family. And this is a famous study. Many have already heard it. And a lot of people, they talk about the controversy of what the study brought about. But let's just study the facts as they are and consider choices and legacy and spiritual living. So Max Juke, he was an alcoholic. He had many children with several different women. This is in the 1800s. And 709 known descendants of Max Juke were studied, and here's what they found. 280 lived as paupers. 400 men and women were physically wrecked by their own sins and died young. 140 were criminals. 60 were habitual thieves with an average of 12 years of criminal activity. Six were murderers. Now, they contrasted his life with Jonathan Edwards, living at the same time, theologian and preacher Jonathan Edwards. They found 1,394 members of Edwards' family, and here's what they found in his family tree. Of these, there were 100 lawyers, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, 100 professors, 62 physicians, 100 clergymen, 60 authors, 75 Army and Navy officers, 80 elected to public office, which included three mayors, three governors, three senators, and one vice president, Aaron Burr. Choices, how they impact our lives and how many lives we may not even know. So that's why Pentecost is so powerful. As Ole Anthony says, Pentecost is the feast of empowerment. Here's the key though, if we are willing. Again, I'll give you some things to think about, some exciting news we'll share here in just a moment, but these are things you and I can take and implement into our life at this moment. How important is Pentecost? You go back to Acts chapter 18, we're told that Paul came to Ephesus 
he entered the synagogue and reasoned with them. Now notice Acts 18, 19, and 20. They asked Paul to stay longer with them in Ephesus, but he did not consent and said, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, the feast of Pentecost. They wanted Paul to stay and teach longer. What does he say? I must by all means celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost is a humongous piece of history. It is the sending of the Holy Spirit. It is the birth of the church. It is the place where we now recognize, you know, Moses, he received scripture. We receive the Holy Spirit and scripture no longer written on stones or in books, but now on our hearts. And greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. All of this took place on Pentecost. Remember Acts chapter 2, Jesus had ascended 10 days prior, told them to wait and pray in the upper room. Pentecost comes. They hear the sound of wind. They see tongues of fire. They suddenly can speak different languages. People gather around and say, have you been drinking? And Peter says, no, we have not been drinking. We are so happy because the Holy Spirit has been given. And then he goes on to tell them this. Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of God. Acts 2.33. He says this, Christ has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and he has poured out what you see and hear. Peter goes on to say, you crucified the Christ, but he rose again. To show his triumph, he ascended to heaven, and now at the right hand of the Father, the reigning king, he has sent the Holy Spirit. The people listening said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, be baptized in his name, Receive the Holy Spirit. Do we understand why Paul again would say, I must keep this feast of Pentecost? Prairie Stone gives four simple steps. You can do this right now. You can do this, you know, a hundred times. But he talks about spiritual life and spiritual health and blockages to that spiritual health. Pentecost is about making new choices because he lives in you. So Perry Stone says you can do four things to find spiritual deliverance. The first thing, and he puts this in a rhyme to make it memorable, but the first step, he says, is to face it. You'll never change what you permit. If sin is permitted in your life, if laziness is permitted, you have to say, let me face it. Face it as a man or woman of God standing on the promises of Christ. Face it. Second one is trace it. Trace it. What is the root of that spiritual blockage. Perhaps it was sin. Maybe it's rejecting godly advice. Maybe it's laziness. But whatever it is, trace and own your part in that lack of spiritual growth. Three is erase it. Erase it. Ask forgiveness of God and man. Perry Stone writes this, God will blot it out from any record in heaven. The enemy may attempt to bring it back to memory, but the Holy Spirit will remind you, you need not remember any sin God has forgotten. And last is replace it. Old images can be replaced with new pictures. You can make a fresh start. You can move forward, face it, 
trace it, erase it, and replace it. I want to share something about uh, the radio program, some great news here, and uh, give you an idea. Here are the ratings from last year compared to this year. Let's look at uh, this time in January 2017. These numbers just came in a couple of days ago. And I'll have much to share about this for those who attend us, with us here and those who are listening by the radio to just uh, give thanks to each one. This is not something any one person takes credit for. We're grateful for those who attend. We're grateful for those on the radio. We hope you'll get a chance to come and join us at the 1030 service here as well. But here's the ratings from last year. Last year at this time, 1,200 listeners. So hold on to that number here for just a moment. Let's go back to Pentecost. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, thinking about some things we can do choice-wise. Now this is after Pentecost, and now Paul writing in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20. Here's what he says about the Holy Spirit in our life. Do you not know your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? And here's the key, who is in you? Who is in you? So stop and consider for a moment what he says next. He says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. When Christ laid down his life, he paid a ransom price to redeem us from sin. We were bought with a price, the life, death, resurrection of Christ. Paul concludes by saying, because you're bought with a price, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, he says, therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. Now, first and foremost, he is very clear that he is most concerned about spiritual health. And when he talks about honor God with your body, he's saying do what is right and holy. Don't commit sin. But let's also talk about some things Paul says, how we can also honor the temple by making some different choices physically as well as spiritually. Again, Pentecost is about a day of making new choices. Now, an unknown Native American writer long ago wrote this quote. I love this one. He says this, A man with his health has 1,000 wishes. A man without his health has only one. Now, we're going to talk for a moment here about some things we can do in relation to physical and emotional health as well as spiritual health. Let's think for a moment about physical health. 50% of Americans eat fast food. Here are the studies, they've been the same for years. 50% of Americans eat fast food every month. No surprise there. Let's go to the weekly use here. Weekly, 25% of Americans eat fast food weekly, some daily. Now we understand, again, very well what James Malinchak meant. He said this, practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Be careful how you practice. Now, some habits are harder to break. But again, if you've been making unhealthy choices physically, start practicing in a way that you bring permanent changes to your life. Not that anybody's perfect on their nutrition plan, whatever that may be, there's many, but find one that suits you and commit to say, let me do 10% better to care for this temple 
this temple in which Christ himself resides, the Holy Spirit dwells, and say, let me honor God with my choices. Again, maybe just 10% better be the commitment. Here's going back to Genesis 1.29. God says, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Some things to think about. There's spiritual food as well as physical food. Things like fruits and vegetables and taking in proper amounts of water, eliminating things like fast food and saying, let me make some choices to honor God with my body. Here's the second thing, emotional health. We talk often about anger and stress because they're common to each of us. How do we handle that? Here's a study from Wake Forest University School of Medicine. In the two hours after an angry outburst, the chance of having a heart attack doubles. Why? Anger triggers the fight or flight response. It releases adrenaline and cortisol, things that can be very damaging if they remain in the bloodstream. But here's something to consider along with that. Harvard University, simply recalling an angry experience from the past causes a six-hour dip in the level of the antibody immunoglobulin A, the cell's first line of defense against infection. Just even thinking angry thoughts can cause a six-hour depletion to your immune system. And what does Paul say? Rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. He doesn't say that things are easy or always the way we want. But he says, in all things, no, you've been bought with a price. You're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The mystery revealed is Christ in you. So no matter what life brings, whom shall you fear? Rejoice. I say it again. Rejoice. Again, now we see more why Paul said, I must keep and celebrate this feast of Passover. Here's the next one. Numerous studies have linked depression with anger, especially in men. Ask men what are their top things they wrestle with. For most, anger is going to be in the top three. Anger leading to depression. What do we see in our culture that people struggle so much with? Again, face it, own up to it, trace it, erase it, bring it to the cross and replace it. Allow him to fill in those places where sin used to reign. Here's something Dean Graziosi shared, something he learned in a dark time of his life, losing a loved one, going through divorce, losing a lot of money from a crooked business partner. But he said this, you know what? Here's a mantra he lives by. Make a daily, you can do this in writing or in just your thoughts, but make a daily I get to list. An I get to list. 150,000 people died Last night, every day, 150,000 people were here today. We get to do things. You know what? You may have a job you don't like. Keep looking for a new one, but say, while I have this job, I get to do it. You have relationships that may not be where they need to be. Work diligently to improve them, but still say, you know what? I get to have relationships. It's a whole different way to think about life, to walk in Christ, have the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience, confidence, self-control. 
all of that from Pentecost, because now the Spirit resides in you. The last thing, the spiritual food, Jeremiah 15, 16, spiritual food, the most important, but don't, don't neglect the physical part, the emotional health, the things we can do to bring our bodies, you know, to a healthier place. But Jeremiah 15, 16, as we close, your words were found, I ate them, your word to me was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Scripture, to feed that inner man, just like food feeds our body, Scripture feeds the inner man. Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, Scripture was given and the Holy Spirit given. Now with Scripture in our life, written on our hearts, the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our very temple, whom shall we fear? So, Wayne Lawson writes this and pulls no punches. What about people not walking in that victory? Let me read what he shares. Christians who neglect the scriptures deprive themselves of the spiritual nourishment that the Word of God provides. In essence, these Christians starve their faith. He writes, this is why. This is why some can be in church all their life and never develop a personal relationship with Christ. This is why some can be in church all their life and never experience real joy. This is why some can be in church all their life and never really sell out to Christ. This is why some can be in church all their life and still can't get along with anybody. This is why some can be in church all their life and still argue and fight. This is why some can be in church all of their life and have no peace and joy in their life. This is why. Pentecost is the freedom from that. Spirit now given, writing that scripture on our hearts. Paul said, I must keep this feast. Let us close with the radio discussion here. Again, the year over year ratings for the church's time slots. Winter of 2017, we had 1,200 that same time frame this year. In 2018, we now have a total of 2,700 people. This is more than double where we were a year ago. No one person gets the credit. Pentecost is the birth of the church. It's a team effort. And maybe it's simply listening on Sunday mornings and supporting with prayers. Maybe it's being here at the 1030 service and you simply give a kind word and a smile to somebody having no idea what difference that will make. There are those who volunteer in all aspects of the church's life, those who give tithes and offerings, those who follow in their own steps to just be encouraging to those in need. Maybe it's making a bulletin, maybe it's volunteering, maybe it's the soup supper, maybe it's playing music, maybe it's sending a card to somebody who just needs encouragement. Maybe it's just remembering to say thank you for what God is doing in each of our lives. Each of us together has been a part of this ministry and all the ministries that are here at Akron First. 
And so we give a special thank you for each one. For those who listen by radio, thank you as well. We hope that you will come and join us at the 1030 service. But most of all, may Christ be glorified in all things and may Pentecost be in our hearts and in our minds and new decisions be made that Christ might be glorified in all things. I must needs, Paul said, do all that I can to celebrate this feast, this Pentecost.